Welcome to Sales and Marketing Fry Talks, where we share insights, best practices and anecdotes from technology companies. Join us live on LinkedIn or subscribe to our podcast. And now to the new episode. In our today's episode, we will talk about uh, success factors for software development companies and services companies to succeed in international markets. This is a not uh, very we just continue already started conversation. And our guest today is Aldis Erglis, uh, VP of Technology Strategy and Country Manager at uh, Emergent. Welcome, Aldis. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big pleasure. So uh, for the beginning, Aldis, could you please uh, maybe introduce uh, us to the Emergent? So, what are you doing? Uh, where are you specializing? What markets are you operating? So that we understand a bit better the scale you you are working. Yeah, you you um, you can find um, like more in detail the marketing information on our website emergent.com. Uh, but uh, basically, we are a digital service company. We are operating in different markets and. Uh, in UK, United States, uh, Latvia, and uh, uh, Western Europe. And uh, we are a very mission-driven company. And our mission is uh, that we improve the way uh, people and companies work forever. It means, and, and very important, this word forever, it means that we are not getting in and, and trying to provide services for, for lifetime, but uh, try to help companies, uh, help clients uh, do their digital transformation. And that is how we started. We started uh, 10 years ago as uh, uh, as a agile ways of working consulting company, mainly in UK. So we, we, we basically help implement agile. And remember that times agile was really hot topic and uh, not not everyone knew what to do with that and how to implement that. So we created a systematic approach, uh, collected and uh, gathered all the uh, most useful information together that could help and uh, could help implement agile transformation. And uh, later on, when clients said, okay, you are, and, and we started this consulting and learning, uh, providing consulting and learning services, we actually teach companies, big clients, big names like Walmart, like GSK, like British Petroleum. We teach them how to use Agile, how to build the product management teams and etc. And after some time they said, okay, you are you're teaching us so well how to, how to do it. Can you also show us this and, 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 and develop something for us in Agile way? And that, that is how uh, uh, we expanded and added technology services five years ago. So now we are can not just teach and uh, consult how to do agile product management and agile product development, but also also show how how to do it in practice. Uh -huh. Thank you uh, for this um, overview. But, uh, how big are you? So you said you operate almost across all continents, like North America, Europe, and uh, probably something in Asia as well. So how, how big is your company in terms yeah, of number of employees? Almost, or... Yeah, al al almost thousand people 
less, less than thousand, but uh, almost. Uh, mm -hmm. So we are not huge company. So we're specializing in in some some niches uh, of digital transformation and engineering uh, engineering areas mm -hmm. like automation, like data analysis uh, analytics, like cloud development. That's what's what's really relevant. And if we talk mm -hmm. about locations, so we have a quite big location in UK where our consulting population mainly located because uh, uh -huh. they are our largest mm -hmm. clients. We have uh, not a big population in the United States, but a couple of big clients in the United States. We are serving across uh, mm -hmm. from Europe. Mm -hmm. And then uh, our largest development uh, locations are in Portugal, in Porto, and in Latvia, in Riga. Mm. I see, I see. And, but uh, and, and from the global... Uh-huh. Uh -huh. But uh, like from the global scale perspective, like thousand uh, employee um, services and development companies, not very big, right? You're rather like a small and mid-sized player on this market. And I'm wondering that despite uh, that, you managed to win those large names, what you just mentioned, like Walmart and then and maybe some others. And uh, how... How did you manage to access them? How did you manage to actually win those customers in quite mature uh, markets? Uh, what was your path establishing yourself as a trusted player in those uh, mature markets? If you can just. Yeah, actually, we, we created and the formula is probably the if you if you look at the similar successes, there will be the same formula. We created the world class product. Let's say in, in this case, we created the mm -hmm. world class product in the consulting. It's VFQ, it's value flow quality, it's our trademark. And uh, it, as, as I said, we acknowledge that there is a need for agile um, transformation, agile explanation, and uh, what to do around mm -hmm. agile. And, and we created the really superb world, world class product on uh, agile transformation. Uh, called VFQ, where we are, where we collected all the best, best practices put together, especially from the business side. You know, sometimes uh, there are some agile uh, ways of working like Scrum, and Scrum is mainly for, for te technical guys, I would say. If you look at Scrum, it's, yeah. it's more, more how, how to develop. But uh, we, we mainly focus on this, how to develop, how to move from project to product. I would say that that was our uh, main idea, how to move from project to product. And we created the very good materials, printed books that was like, mm. there were no, no printed books in, in, for agile methodologies, etc. 10 years ago. So we created the printed books. And uh, the main reason, and, and then you start with something like that, it's very important that you over deliver for all each of your clients and and they recommend mm -hmm. you to others and it's it's probably enough if you get into one of these big guys and they are talking mm -hmm. uh, with each other and they are attending the same conferences and and same events it, it means if you if if you over deliver to someone of them you will everyone will know about you mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like you leverage this word of mouth uh, a lot, right? So recommendations, references, uh, uh, but before 
that happened, uh, there was first of all uh, the the product what you created, right? It's not just selling again like a lot of different services, but uh, very um, specific yeah, very product uh, for for yeah, very focused, and uh, then that helped you basically to get an attention from those guys uh, and uh, start having a sales conversation with them. Uh, again, uh, looking at this uh, number of locations you are present and the uh, number of customers you are run, uh, you you are having across all these different countries, um, can you be really successful by running business uh, remotely, or you always need presence? Uh, what what is your yeah, in former times, in former times, uh, local presence and physical presence was critical. So if you want to provide consulting services, learning uh, some of the services to clients, you always there is a requirement that you are on their premises. So you're actually part of their team almost. But now after COVID, it, it's changed a lot. So we have a less travel for sure. And uh, this on-site presence is not like mandatory. And uh, many clients are ready to work remotely. And they even want that because they also adapt this uh, remote working practices. Um, like one of our big, big clients, SAP in Germany. Um, they also, they're, they, they work remotely with themselves. So, and, and that is how the suppliers and um, are also adapted. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, I understand that uh, probably you can work together and you can uh, you can deliver um, your work remotely. But uh, uh, what is your impression? How does it impact sales? Uh, do you do you actually need to meet people? Do you need to visit their offices? Do you perhaps use some kind of I don't know trade shows or something for these connections, or uh, or is your business just left uh, very remotely and you also do sales mostly remote? Yeah, for sales part, it's I would say it's uh, it's different, and uh, of course when you are on site, you could find more more easily you could find opportunities, some additional upselling. So it's uh, it's almost it's very, very hard to, to find some upselling opportunities if you are doing everything remotely because you don't have this uh, water cooler charts and coffee charts. And and uh, I remember from my experience uh, when I work with some international accounts on site, like in Germany, uh, you're always talking with local people, even if they are not from your uh, project, etc. You start acknowledging that there are some something happening and and for example in germany they are crazy about this coffee culture so almost everything they they have uh they have specific additionally coffee drinking uh, uh places uh, in large enterprises that because most of the questions are discussed during the coffee 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 drinking, and then they are going to meetings and and decide and discuss maybe additionally. But this uh, in, informal discussions, uh, it's they are super super important. Like in countries like in Germany. So and, and yeah. Uh, so and uh, does that mean that if if you were asked, okay, so 
for example, there's a software company somewhere uh, somewhere in Latvia, in, in, in Riga, or in other place, which is rather small, but once, let's say, start to selling to customers, I don't know, in Sweden or Germany, then, then your advice would be still to have a local local presence, at least uh, at least one person who can who can be there on site, uh, who can do sales account management or, or what? Yeah, uh, I, I would say so. Uh, for example, in our case, we had a person who emigrated from Latvia to Germany and uh, lived, lived and, and still living there in Germany. But uh, uh, at the beginning in uh, thousands, uh, he moved with his family to Germany, like to our office there uh, or the presence and um, we have this um, uh, legal entity there and it was super important uh, that that led to us to many many clients in germany in different cities and uh, different industries but it's very important that you have someone with a local and local culture understanding that that's very important local language and in europe if we if we if we look in uh, around Europe, uh, probably the biggest markets like UK, it's, which is English speaking, and all the enterprise customers, they are speaking English. It's no, no problems at all. But if you want to get to them and uh, have more informal com conversations, you, you need to be able to speak local language during drinking beer in, in like in Germany or wine in France. Yeah. And uh, to get this um, clients, you, you need some local presence. And what's what's important, maybe it's a, not just a, someone from this country, but uh, I would say that from our experience, we see mm -hmm. that it's very, uh, it's working, working very well if you have your own, like in our case, Latvian guy, who move there so you could uh, also understand better what is happening so this is kind of uh, casual and an informal part of the sales and in general customer engagement seems to be very very critical uh, not only for the first entry into the client but also in terms of the expansion in terms of the upsell opportunities uh, uh, and yeah, yeah, because in sales, in any sales, and that is probably advice to all the companies who is starting, maybe they are building great service, but they're thinking how to sell, why, why is no one buying the amounts we, we are selling? It's not to, so important to, to sell it like first, second time, but it's uh, important that you could learn from each time you are engaged in sales process that what's happened why they didn't buy and never anyone will never say you everything explicitly like oh you know you was too small or you are latvians or you are there or whatever yeah they will never say and 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 e only if you are speaking their local language and you have like better understanding of the culture you could get some very important pieces of information why it didn't happen and then you could decide how adjust your sales uh, and your value proposition. Uh, now you mentioned value proposition. Let's uh, let's talk a bit about value. You know, and uh, I think uh, I think we are all bombarded with messages of uh, of super super low price quite often. But can you talk a bit? Uh, what's your what's your sense of how important is price in contrast to 
proven competence or proven references or proven case studies and uh, how price uh, relates to your competencies that you can actually demonstrate is it related or not would your customers be happy to pay more for what they perceive a better or more competent person or, or still uh, you think uh, the price is something that's leading whether deals happen or not yeah absolutely absolutely it's uh, related and it's very diverse so if you look at the development or even consulting prices uh, in in europe i would say that there you could find prices for a man day as low as maybe 400 euros or even less uh, if you buy for example uh, some uh, body leasing if you do body leasing or diamond material uh, stuff and uh, uh, you could find uh, prices like uh, 1500s per per monday uh, if you provide some expertise or some specific solutions and uh, currently and and there is a huge range right right it's a it's a a huge range and it depends on many factors it could depend on the time you engage it's your one year engagement it's it's two weeks engagement etc but but i would say that if you are specialized in something and you could prove it like you are very good at something like i don't know building optimizing uh, insurance claim process and you did it for clients and you specialize in it, you do that you could uh, ask for this higher uh, day rates and no one will uh, say anything we'll just pay it but if you are just providing and saying we deliver anything you want then they will push you down as, as, as much as possible because then then yeah you, there is no difference between there is no uh, mm -hmm. any difference between you between you and epam or or infosys on, on other global brands yeah yeah, but um, how how that connection with the clients happens? So uh, again, you mentioned that yeah, it's it's important to be on the ground, uh, understanding local culture, you know, and, and ideally speaking local language and so on and so forth. But again, like I mentioned that uh, these big brands, Accenture, I don't know, Infosys, uh, like it's not to open the door to any almost any company and start having conversation for much smaller companies uh, it, it, it's it's the first challenge uh, to make anyone looking at you to make anyone talking to you so are there any uh, tips uh, what you what you see working really um, in these markets for having this first engagement where where you can meet actually customers yeah, one thing what I discovered uh, being in Germany when I worked in, for half a year in Germany for German client, uh, for one big financial institution, I find out that like many uh, German small German startups or companies who are trying to find enterprise clients or even from uh, companies from Austria and uh, around the Germany, they are meeting clients on the on the community meetups and there is a, a lot of community meetups for example if you go to meetup.com and you could find in any city uh, you could find tens of hundreds of different meetups about of course there are meetups uh, non-technological meetups like what to eat or jo Lond uh, uh, london on berlin coffee drinkers but you will find also these professional uh, meetups uh, and actually large enterprises 
for example, I, I, for sure know in Germany, they are going and attending these meetups to find out uh, new interesting technologies, new things where probably they could even invest by buying their product uh, or supporting them somehow. Uh, for uh, I've seen a couple of products, like if you talk about technology products, a couple of pro products in, in, in database area, on data storage area, where interesting ideas um, could help uh, companies. And we are definitely living in, in a world where, where large enterprises are thinking about build or buy. So they're thinking, should we build, invest and, and build something very tailored for us? or let's buy something almost ready already that we could integrate in our environment and uh, yeah if it if we talk about this buying things maybe small thing onboarding process for uh, onboarding process for it or ticketing system or something uh, some good service then uh, if you are on this buy area and you are part of the communities and you are even could share some uh, experience uh, and success cases uh, then it's fast track to getting other clients yeah you're mentioning about this demonstrating your experience demonstrating your success stories uh, i assume that this is also very important in order to build uh, this trust because uh, probably the least uh, thing what uh, any big company kind of it director or whom else it could be wants is to take any risks of like working with unknown uh, uh, vendor, which potentially can bring uh, a risk yeah, to, to, to his environment or her environment. So how you actually build uh, this, this trust uh, uh, among those potential customers? Yeah, if we talk about trust, our, our super weapon is uh, reference. So referral clients, our most largest and most important clients came by reference it means if you and there is a very simple formula if you add, deliver uh, value for money to the client so the client feels actually that he's the many or time he's investing is uh, less than value he's receiving then this client will want to will come to you and ask for something more for something different for uh, advice for for whatever they will they the trust will be uh, automatically created and and this uh, happy client will come to you again and again because uh, uh, that it, it, how it works and uh, and uh, even if there is like no no new in uh, projects or no new uh, maybe not budget on that time for the client they will recommend you to other clients or uh, to their colleagues to uh many times we actually got clients when the we deliver ex exceptional service to someone like C cio of some company and you know that these people are they see people they are not working in one place for a lifetime sometimes sometimes it happens but not always and they are moving to different organization and usually cio of bp is moving to cio of uh, of, of telecom or big bank or big organization and that is uh, and and they invite us again they say you did it for us yeah. there come come again and 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 help me here so that, does it mean that you kind of cultivating this culture 
of exceeding customer expectations uh, and and also like probably uh allocating more resources to the project in, in order to cover that already by default because in many cases we have seen that you know vendors typically go have here is the scope of work i have to deliver it i, I am done that's it right and uh, if you ask anything else that comes on top uh so you you kind of intentionally go beyond that uh, yeah, it's a, it's our mindset definitely, but it's not very easy. So it's not just uh, maybe uh, deliver more and it will be more value feeling of more value. It's not not always so because yeah, because value. where is the boundary? Because you can yeah, deliver yeah, yeah. then you know too much and uh, and the most tricky question I, most tricky question I usually asking to like. Uh, like uh, to everyone, and maybe also to you, I could ask uh, when I asking and, and clients, I'm asking how they understand the business value. What is this business value? Because there is no definition. Uh, it's uh, it's very. It's if you look at the the definitions and explanations, I found that business value is is there. This is different things. It could be quality. It could be productivity. It could be budget. It could be many 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 things automation etc so the the harder thing is is in this over deliver is really deliver deliver this feeling of uh value for money more than just i don't know put more resources or uh work long hours or uh, be very polite and and, and pleasure and conversation so it's it's very hard to find what what is business value for the client, and sometimes it will be exceptional quality, but uh, sometimes uh, for the similar client it will be speed, or sometimes it will be uh, understanding and care about their strategy or processes, and alignment of what we are doing with their strategy. So it's very very different. That is what is what it's not easy. What what is uh, why it's not easy to over deliver. Yes. Yes. Uh, look, I wanted to ask you uh, one more question um, regarding these customer references. Uh, how do you do it in practice? Are you writing case studies or you have uh, customers agreeing to have reference calls with other customers? Uh, how, you, how, you, how you basically uh, use this goodwill you have generated? Yeah, it's actually a million dollar question. And I think uh, there are companies who are building, uh, who are doing business to helping help building these case studies because of course you could we do we do everything like we are capturing these case studies we're preparing the good nice looking case study materials that could we share electronically digitally nowadays and uh, we we creating some video with the customer the customer talking about uh, how it was and and, and uh, what what for them means success and in in many many ways and again it's a question about this how to how to show it it's not easy it's i would say it's super hard because when you do when you imagine you delivered some um some larger system so there are so many viewpoints you could uh, uh, explain and show you could say how good we deliver organized delivery uh, how good was the quality of the software how good uh, we achieved the client's goals uh, they saved the time and budget they uh, increased the margin or market uh, cap or client base many many viewpoints and uh, of course you 
it's not possible to show them in all one case study. It will look like mess that everything. You need to focus on something. And the hardest thing is to select on what you want to focus, what you want to show. And uh, it, it should be linked with uh, the tar target audience you want to address it. Because if you are targeting clients with this new clients with this uh, piece of uh, case, case study, let's say, uh, it should resonate with them. So it should address their problems and fears and uh, challenges. And uh, if it will resonate, they will come to you, ask more questions, and then to how you engage with them in, the, in discussion. Uh, and it, it means you need to put probably less than, than more. Otherwise, they will not come uh, <laughs> for additional questions. But uh, uh, the, the most important part is to measuring what resonates. Uh, out of this so but it's yeah very very hard thing but uh, we understood that you basically have a formal process right how you create these customer references uh, uh, in those different formats um, for every product a project that that is important I think uh, for our audience to to remember and uh, um, yeah do, do and you, do you why sorry sorry andres maybe one tip for the client uh, for the uh, for the listeners from maybe latvia who are more thinking about this abroad markets so please invest in uh, native speaker copywriters so it's absolutely yes. necessary if you do any material if you even if you are using grammarly and etc and you think you are so so good in, in english etc please please use local uh, copywriters it's absolutely necessary yeah it's it's uh, super important nowadays though uh, there are so many different uh, additional tools like chat gpt and anything else uh, out of this uh, uh, which kind of designed to help you writing great uh, copies and uh, whatever else. But uh, thank you, Aldis. As time is running out, we need to wrap up. And in the, in the very end of our conversation, I would like to ask you if you have maybe some uh, quick uh, tips for companies considering uh, going out, like uh, what uh, steps they need to take first before they uh, actually go out to the international markets. Uh, definitely build a network and the first build a network of these com professional communities. That is, I believe, 100% in them. It means, for example, mm -hmm. I'm running a Power BI community and there are hundreds yes. of uh, Power BI communities across the world. So it's very easy to me to go to Berlin's uh, Power BI community or Oslo Power BI community and say, oh, we, so could you help me, etc. And uh, for the com if you are dealing in some area on some domain find the re yes. relevant communities in that countries and uh, most of the meetups are remote so it's not necessary always to travel of course travel is better because you uh, could build contacts easier but uh, yes. you could get the feel in, on the meetups they are quite informal so you could get really feeling of what are the problem what are the problems the companies mm -hmm. try to solve what are the biggest challenges what what's what's on plate because this we need to understand this context and uh, the second is uh, 
really before you're going out and i understand why the companies want to go out because there are the larger markets and uh, uh, more money and uh, bigger challenges but before you go outside um, show that you could uh, uh, do so, you could uh, succeed on local market with at least one two clients and uh, in latvia for example we have uh, this large multinationals like in finance sector in banks yeah and uh, in insurance uh, mm -hmm. in many areas that show success here even if it's investment it maybe it's do it as an invest see it it as an investment because when you are will yes. be for example in in munich they will ask you okay you are doing hr ups can you share your story and then they all all they want to hear that you say there is a bank or a finance institution thousand people their their monel work yes. uh, and errors in data blah 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 and you you did it so building the reference before you go out uh, it's it's uh, very important as well yeah yeah a good uh, good advice. Uh, thanks a lot, Aldis, for uh, coming and sharing. I think it was rather practical and um, I at least found a couple of ideas uh, what we definitely can leverage. Like uh, you mentioned, uh, connecting with other meetups or any other professional groups in domain what you are uh, working with and uh, trying to understand what is happening. Uh, first of all, what this potential audience is actually looking for, what language they speak, um, and leverage this as a platform for showing your expertise. It it's, sounds like a very, very practical and very doable uh, thing um, for almost anyone that doesn't require like a huge marketing budget uh, for you to start with this um so thanks a lot for coming and for sharing your your insights um as always to our listeners if you guys are looking for more episodes uh, we encourage you to follow us on linkedin just look for ibd consulting and uh, you also can use the hashtag fry talks to find uh, uh, episodes of our previous conversations we also have a YouTube channel uh, where you can find not only this episode, but also our webinars and other videos with experts or ourselves, what you can leverage for planning your go-to-market strategy, including international markets uh, as well. So otherwise, uh, as usually, we will meet in two weeks uh, with uh, another topic. If you have any question, what we can potentially uh, you know, deliver to you, let us know by using any channel of your preference, uh, whatever is more convenient to you. Um, and uh, we wish you a great uh, rest of the of the weekend. Uh, and then we meet again. Thank you very much. Thank you, Aldis, for joining. Thanks. Thanks.